Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Kabe. <laughs> I'm Kabe. Uh, this is in case you have never listened before. This would be a weird one to start with, but uh, we're a medical type podcast. We talk about medical type things and sometimes we don't. If you're a medical professional and you're like me and you don't like hearing the same medical topics all the time, then this is the show for you. If you're not a medical professional and you still enjoy learning about medicine and science, this is also for you. So welcome to our very first Halloween episode. This is really exciting. I got three awesome guests with me. Let's start with uh, Cody, nephrology fellow. Are you transplant nephrology or just nephrology? Just, How you just, just PGY4, regular nephrology fellow. Kidneys, for those of you not in the know, we have Dr. Tyler Black as well. Not that Cody, Cody's also a doctor, Dr. Cody. It's just hard <laughs> to say Dr. Cody. Dr. Tyler Black, a child and adolescent psychiatrist and a suicidologist. Tyler, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well. And also returning to the show is Dr. Steven Sample, ER doctor. How you doing, my friend? What up, buddy? It's good to talk to you again. This is very exciting to have you all, all returning champions. This is like the tournament of champions right now. All of you are returning. No new people to this show. This is very exciting. That uh, awful music you heard at the top of the episode, that's uh, a creepy song that my band wrote. One of the first songs we ever wrote, we were going through a real goth phase, and I think it's appropriate because today we're talking about Halloween and fun Halloween things. So let me just start with the question. Where does Halloween rank for you guys in terms of holidays? Be honest. You don't have, if you don't, if you're not into it, I get it. We're adults. It's weird to be that into Halloween. I get it. <laughs> it's the only, rank? it's the only holiday I celebrate. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's the only truly fun one that has all positives and no negatives. 
There, there's no awkwardness around it. You don't have to, you know, some people don't want to go home if the, the, the family's kind of weird mm-hmm. uh, or you don't want to make the travel arrangement. You don't have to do any of that crap with Halloween. Mm-hmm. You, you, you put up some fun, ghoulish decorations and you get candy. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah I man. At a pediatric hospital, and and it's a great time. Like honestly, it's it's Halloween without all of the parties in which Halloween is problematic. So <laughs> like all of the costumes are appropriate for kids, and all of the Halloween is about giving candy, and it's a it's a really fun time to be in the hospital. Let me tell you. Yeah, I, I like Halloween, um, though I haven't really celebrated it in quite a while. I mean, being an ER doctor, I'm usually probably taking care of the drunk casualties of Halloween, yeah. um, but. Uh, we live out a little bit, we live close to town, but out in the country enough to where we haven't had a trick-or-treater in 10 years. Uh, so uh, we don't, we don't decorate anymore. Um, I, I used to always love, I, I, Halloween was always one of my favorites. I, I was always predisposed to the adult holidays. So my holidays were New Year's Eve and Halloween. Uh, I like to get together with adults sans children um, and do that, though I haven't gotten to do that in a while, but I do like horror movies and, and the, the stuff, the trappings around it. You know, one of the things I love about you, you're this manly man, uh, (laughs) man of man of men. And, you know, things about guns and scotch, but at the same time in bourbon, but at the same time, you have the soul of a drama geek. And I love that. Oh, I am a drama geek, man. I was Curly McLean in Oklahoma twice. Uh, Captain Von Trapp, uh, the the cowardly lion in The Wiz, not The Wizard of Oz, The Wiz. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I was. I, I'm more of a drama geek than a real man, man. You think I sound like a real man because you're from the West Coast and I'm from bumfuck Indiana, but really, <laughs> around well, here, I I use the term real man not as a yeah. compliment. Just so around you know. here, I'm a I'm a total girly man. Uh, around here, to be a real man, you have to have thirty seven ar-15s in your basement and uh your truck you know right. and you only have out. three and you only have mm. listen all right let's talk about let's get to the first topic i want to hear about your favorite scary movies let's let's start with everyone here everyone's favorite scary movies let's talk about it i think i can guess i'm pretty sure i can guess <laughs> most of you like tyler i'm guessing you want like a psychological thriller you like something that, that it's not about like a monster or a stabby monster it's got to be like a psychological thing am i right yeah i mean my fa- my favorite is probably the ring um i think it's mm. got a really good, a good one. plot um and then it the japanese version relied on connects and movement to make it look creepy and the the, the hollywood version use some really interesting editing techniques to make it creepy but um that that thrill you get when you recognize that the girl's coming out of the screen for the first time is probably the most scared i've ever been in a movie so yeah that was a legit scare that was a pretty yeah. good one yeah and and I, I mean cody i'm i'm pretty sure you, it's you know thing. which one yes yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. i would have left this podcast if you didn't know that one <laughs> i've i've tweeted about that so many times it it is it is by far uh, my favorite movie, uh, not just my favorite John Carpenter movie, but my favorite movie. movie and and obviously favorite scary movie. But I think uh, compared to all other scary movies, there is no better jump scare than the blood test in the thing. That mm-hmm. is the absolute masterclass example of the jump scare. And it holds could you, so well. It's could you movie that holds so well. Give give the listeners a little bit of a background into the movie in case they haven't seen. It. And they, I totally agree; they absolutely should. What's the basic premise? The the basic premise is the there you're at this isolated Antarctic station, 
And there is some commotion going on in the beginning of the story with some Norwegian people in a helicopter trying to shoot a dog. There's a mishap and an accident and everybody's wondering what the heck is going on. Why are they trying to shoot this dog? And the dog turns out, of course, not to be a dog, but to be something else that um, I, I if you I, I know it's been almost 40 years now, I, I really think I, I don't need to give spoiler alerts, but if you haven't seen it, it is like one of the greatest body horror paranoia uh, mm-hmm. movies out there. And the, 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 the by far the greatest scene in it is the blood test. And I think one of the reasons is it, you're going to jump every time you, you know, it's going to happen, you know, what, what's coming and you, it's still framed and shot yeah. so perfectly yeah. the way he, he's just talking to the other characters. It's not, it's not a, um, uh, a superfluous or a, a extra uh, jump scare that, you know, horror movies love to just kind of throw in. This is like central to this it's the whole reason the movie was filmed was to make that scene and you can feel their tension they're all sitting around nervous as shit about what's going to happen you feel that i totally i think that's a great movie okay let me let me ask I'm you gonna, i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna tell you i i, I feel like a, a bit of an asshole because i haven't seen the thing <laughs> like i knew the story oh, i know i'm gonna watch it here. now but i will tell you as you describe it that that movie has to have been ripped off 37 times because you're describing a plot that I recognize, but I know for a fact that I haven't seen the thing. Uh, so when, other directors must have stolen the, stolen some of the central ideas that kind of that scary horror. It, yeah. it, 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 it really was like, it, it was one of those movies that people didn't like at the time when it came out, it, it, it got kind of trashed in the reviews and it wasn't a box office success at all, but it clearly influenced a lot of, filmmakers at least and the what what they borrowed from it like you say so you know it 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 holds up very well and i i have i have no notes on it it's it's just a perfect movie <laughs> okay uh, let me let me ask you a question about the end if you haven't watched the thing skip for like 30 seconds there's two characters left at the end of the movie uh one played by keith david and kurt russell yeah. and you don't know for sure if one of them is secretly the monster or both of them are, neither of them are. Um, I'm pretty sure I know which one. Do you do you have a thought about which one it is? I, I don't actually have a thought about which one it is. I know there's there's a lot of people. If, if you watch like YouTube videos about you know, the ending of the thing explained, they're all idiotic. Uh, the It's just it, people I don't think really appreciate the 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 beauty of that ending which is it ultimately doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be ambiguous and it's they're doomed no matter what. There's yeah. no happy ending there. It's, yeah. it's it's a truly an apocalyptic ending. Well, I like to think he could have stayed warm if he needed to. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Stephen, what's yours? Yeah, man, I, I think that favorite horror movie going back, I, th- I think we age ourselves and we date ourselves because I've seen a bazillion horror movies in my life. And there are movies that I haven't seen since the 1980s and the 1990s, but those are the ones that stick with me. So the ones off the top of my head that I can really think of that 
that shocked the shit out of me when I was a kid. So the exorcist, I know it's cliche, but my God, I saw that probably younger than I ought to have. (laughs) And that scared the piss out of me. Um, and then, um, I also loved the first nightmare on Elm street. I thought that was a classic, uh, but it was before, before they really showed you Freddie, he was a little slimy and he didn't tell jokes. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I don't know that was probably what 84, 84, yeah. So 84, I was in the fourth grade. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot, man. Yeah. I was like, I was reading at a very advanced age. And so I was watching movies that I really, once I've had children, I cannot believe I watched the shit that I watched when I was that age, but you know, a nightmare on Elm street will always be one of my favorites. Uh, but the exorcist to me is, is still the scariest movie of all time. Yeah. That holds up. That holds yeah. up. I mean, I used to love horror films until I started doing medical training. And then as soon as I got to medical school, I was like, I was starting to see some bad stuff. And then like I got to residency and I was really like in the bad stuff. And at that point, I'm like, I need comedies. I was like, I stepped (laughs) away from horror films, like for a long time, like in, in, I started too young. Like I was watching like Lovecraft movies that really messed up my mind, like from (laughs) beyond, which was like not a movie a kid should watch and how I got my hands on that movie. I still to this day, that movie sticks with me. It's so disturbing. But like my, my basic problem with a lot of these movies, I don't like movies where it's just this unstoppable killer. Like Halloween is now out there. And other than having a banging soundtrack for the first one, like I'm sure you agree with me, Cody. I mean, John Carpenter's soundtracks are great. Like he's awesome. He's, yeah. Oh, like for sure. Like it, I just I, I I hate the concept of just like this guy who just keeps getting like away and he's not like, a Friday the 13th yeah this it, I don't that doesn't appeal to me in any interesting way and and I I don't like horror films that don't address the drama of the thing you know what I really like are movies like Deep Blue Sea did you ever watch Deep Blue Sea <laughs> I'll yes. tell you like Deep Blue Sea is about like these genetically engineered super sharks that eat people <laughs> and it's and it's silly and it's goofy but what it did that no other horror film does is when a character dies they actually address the emotional impact of that. Like a character dies in the movie. And then later on, like characters are talking about that person. Like, Hey, did Tommy make it? And they're like, no, and they sit down. They like kind of cry together. And you're like, Holy shit. Movies never do that. Halloween, like all these horror films, like a main character dies and you move on from it. Like the next second, <laughs> that's, that's something I really liked about that movie. And it's hard to like, you don't, you don't see that very much. Another great jump scare in that movie, a, a, a classic, classic jump scare. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a classic scene with you're talking about the Samuel D- Jackson. Scene. Yeah. yeah, sorry. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't quite hold up just visually. Yeah. If you go back CGI. and watch it, this is it like, oh, my God, the... this is Nintendo Wii graphics. Yeah. The ultimate ending to carry always gets me. <laughs> but but when you see it today, it looks so silly and it's obviously a doll like but that you don't expect it it's like the resolution it's like everything's good and you know it just happens and that's a great jump scare wait what what movie carrie carrie oh yeah 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 Yeah. did you guys ever watch event horizon yeah absolutely the you know why i love that movie because it, it also does something that most horror films don't which is like they're like looking through the archival footage of this creepy ship that they've landed on and then they open up the footage of like something really scary happening on that ship and then the next scene is the captain saying okay we're getting the fuck off the ship (laughs) <laughs> like we're, you know, we're getting the fuck out of here yeah which is goodbye. like like that's the other thing for me like the horror films they're so stupid they reply i know that's a big part of like the sh- the the shtick you have to like accept that the characters are going to do dumb things but that's something i never like could appreciate about horror films and what always took me out of the moment when they did something stupid i'm like why the fuck are you splitting up right now 
Why would you split up right now? <laughs> are, are any of you guys video gamers? Of course. Um, you so used to be. Old game called System Shock, um, which is a video game that's probably my favorite horror video game. And, and in it, the conceit is you're kind of investigating this ship that has crashed um, and it's been abandoned and you're picking up these old audio logs and, you know, you're fighting little alien things and it's, it's got like video game bones. But then in the middle, you find out that it's the ship's computer that kind of went rogue on you. And then all of a sudden in your headphones or whatever you're playing, you start hearing this thing go like, look at you, hacker. And it's like talking to you, the player. Uh-huh. And it is, I still think about that moment. Even if I hear that sound clip, it still gets me. Because it, it was the first time as a video gamer, I was like, wait, is this a game or am I actually in trouble here? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. first the first video game I ever played, um, I, I, I bought the PlayStation 2. I'm, I'm clearly older than you are, I think. Um, but I bought the, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee to be Garth Brooks. Um, and I rented it was back when you could rent video game systems at your local little, you know, yeah. your little shitty video stores. Yeah. And I rented a PlayStation um, and Resident Evil, the very first oh Resident Evil game. Yeah. And I will tell you, um, I sat alone in my apartment in the dark and that game was spooky as shit. Uh, I remember we had a pl- like it, just something they the, whoever wrote that was brilliant. Um, and it was one of those games. It was before you could rent the game system, but you couldn't, there were no memory cards. And so that game, so you get better and better and you play for like three hours and die and have to go back to the beginning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I remember a plate shifting in my sink one time at like three in the morning, uh, while I was playing Resident Evil and I probably screamed like a 12 year old schoolgirl. It was something. That, that first cut scene where you see the zombie on the ground eating yeah, somebody eating and they the, turn around. Yeah, like, they look up over their shoulder hell. at you, right? Yeah, that was the very first time. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Those dogs. God. Well, speaking of zombies and it, apocalypse movies, I have a basic question for you guys. Two quite, It's a two-parter. What is it about apocalypse movies that we love so much or as people love so much? And do you think that people's opinions or at least yours on apocalypse movies have changed now that we're sort of living <laughs> through one. I I think every, I think the like major appeal for most people with an apocalypse movie is everybody is watching it thinking, Oh, I'm going to be one of the ones who survives that initial insult. Not and me. I, I don't have that. I, I will be the first. To <laughs> I'm be fucking toast, man. I am dead day one. <laughs> and if I and if I see the zombie apocalypse marching, marching down the streets like I, I I'm not going to put up that big of a fight. You know, I don't want to be bitten, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to become this survivalist you know, guy out in, in a cabin somewhere. That's just not me. Yeah, I've got a. An, an ex-partner who retired he's a prepper uh built a 12 foot deep cement uh like bunker he's got like two years worth of food in it you know when when i bought my home he was walking through it i was showing him they they kind of introduced us to town and and he was looking around he was like oh yeah you could cut a hole in the wall right here and you could put like a short barrel shotgun here and you could put a pistol up here under this thing and i and i looked at him like i had just moved here and i said are you are you a crazy person? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, no, no, no. But he was like, he, he was convinced that the banking system was going to fail. Uh-huh. And that's, that's, that's how civilization collapses. Right. And we have to be ready. Uh, but I was like, look, man, I was like, I don't care how many rounds you got. If, 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 if they come for you, they're going to get you. You might take a few out, <laughs> but yeah. you're going down. And if the zombies come, I, I'm probably gone pretty quick. Yeah. People get weird when they're hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I generally like, like, I like in the Apocalypse movie how often, you know, there's ostensibly some kind of bad guy, like a zombie or something like that. But reality, it's always the humans that kind of mess each other up. And so I, I, I think ultimately, they're really encapsulated little political movies. They're like, the leader does this, and then someone tries to supplant the leader and someone backstabs the leader. Yeah, right. and, and I think it's, it's like a, it's a good way to create a really quick political narrative, a whole new hierarchy develops, and then someone has to attack the hierarchy. It's so yeah. like I think about Walking Dead and you know the the zombies aren't actually the worst people in the Walking Dead. Yeah, no, I try to convince my wife to watch it. Like every time I have a zombie movie, if I'm watching The Walking Dead and I've been watching, I I, I was binging Black Summer on Netflix uh, not too long ago, and she she gets so irritable whenever she hears like the TV is on and it's loud, and she all she hears is. Rah! you know and she's like turn it off and i'm like it's not really about the zombies it's about the people it's about the people it's how they interact with each other and the zombies are just like that existential threat and she was like shut the hell up this sucks yeah. you know she doesn't like it at all it's true so, but like we wouldn't watch like a real like political thriller it has to be <laughs> we're like dumb dumb people dumb of- we need to have like zombie creatures to like teach us about capitalism <laughs> commercialism yeah, it's just the it's we, like it's capitalism with the threat of getting your guts ripped out <laughs> you it, know, is, so. it is true i mean that's, so capitalism that's yeah, right. yeah well, same 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 yeah that is what's scary about walking dead it's how quickly people revert to these really scary like human i mean i saw that, that during covid like didn't we see the paper the, the toilet paper stuff and the every person for themselves like <laughs> yeah what a weird phase that was it was so i got tell selfish you, that's that's why i don't watch them anymore i used to love like mad max and i would watch those kinds of films and be like this is dope man. Oh, the, end watch the, the end of the world's gonna be a wild ride but now that like i have kids and i think about what kind of world it would be like to live like that and what it would be like for them if things were to fall apart I mean, it's just, it's not fun. I've lo- it's lost its its edge for me. I do not enjoy them at all. I, I, think- I still enjoy the hell out of them, but I, I, I don't want to live through the real one. Like, I, honest to God, like, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm comfortable with the fact that I'm not the guy who can go in the woods and live for five years <laughs> waiting for the zombies to die out. I'm not that guy. Um, and really, if you do and you come back and then the world, even if the zombies all die and you've got to... This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com start over from scratch like that man i'm tired <laughs> so i, I don't know I also, plus all the other survivors are going to be the people who have survived through the past five years doing what was necessary and i don't want to form a civilization <laughs> yeah you you come out of the woods and it's you and like all the crazy preppers uh it's like uh yeah save one bullet for yourself not gonna be fun that's not gonna be fun uh i 
I, I think about it a lot. Though. I think about how silly the whole concept is. Like, if there really were zombies, I mean, it, it seems like there's so it's so easy to get bitten. But in reality, I mean, the human bite can only be about 162 pounds per square inch. I looked into this. That's like the average yeah. bite. If you're like Joey Chestnut or Kobayashi and you got like intense <laughs> muscle strength, maybe 200 pounds per square inch. I don't know, but like not that much. Wear leather. Like wear gloves. <laughs> the human bite can't bite through gloves, through leather. I like that that whole concept. I every time I watch a zombie movie now, I, that's all I think about. I'm like, why? Why is this a problem? Why are you walking around in like a t-shirt in and the I zombie get, apocalypse? I always get hung up by the perpetual energy of zombies. Like they can yeah, be like I, you know, missing their torso and half their brain, and yet somehow they have full movement. And it's like right. it just it bothers me how they just have this endless supply of energy. It'd be six months later they haven't eaten in six months, and then all of a sudden they wake up again, and it just well, like, that's okay. the thing. Yeah, if you're going to be, you know, if you want to get realistic and completely nerdy about it, I mean, the zombies should be strongest after they turn. And, you know, I mean, I think on The Walking Dead, we're on the 11th season. They're they're like, I mean, hell, Rick's kid is like 37 years old by now. So, <laughs> the you know, a lot of these zombies are rotted and they show that sometimes, but still they will just come in and suddenly one person will reach into a normal functioning human being with their fingers and just rip their stomach apart and rip yeah. their stomach yeah. open. I'm like, man, that takes a lot of force. That takes me out of it a little bit. You know, I was like, I was like, shit, I've done some C-sections when I was in training and that shit is violent. And I know this bony ass old dead thing isn't going to rip a gut out. Uh, how many, how many thoracotomies or, or chest tubes have you done? And yeah, go only That's a few a... thoracotomies, but a lot of chest tubes and that shit you have to i mean even with a sharp you got to work to get in there a little bit so and when they just reach in and they go <laughs> and then it's just and then the guts are on the floor it's like come on that's a little much yeah yeah i mean that, that's awesome. why i think the in the movies the fast zombies are scarier than the walking dead zombies like yeah. far and away well in, in 28 days later you actually you, you see movie. you see the zombies they starve yeah, you know, yeah. all you gotta all you gotta do is is hide out, and, they, and they're gonna they're gonna wear out. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're not really zombies or whatever. Well, they're, they're, they're all vi- they're not really zombies anymore, right? They're all virus infected or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, in the original, like in in the original, like Romero, the Night of the Dead and stuff like that, the, the, they were. It was not clear what they were. They were just didn't the matter. Dead, the yeah, dead were reanimated, matter. right? I don't yeah. think it, they never really talked about. I always like, think it's why. better. There's some was, comet or something. Yeah, like I think it always ruins a horror movie well, when they explain how the ghost works or they explain the science behind how the zombies work. I think it's better if you're going to make a zombie movie, just have them be zombies. We, we well, get it. Yes, yes, and no. <laughs> but also, you know, sometimes you can use an explanation that doesn't really explain anything, but does add to the lore. So if you like, uh, if you do uh, Return of the Living Dead, where they they get that zombie lady torso and they they start questioning her and like, why are you trying to eat us? Why do you want our brains? Uh, they give an answer, which is a classic answer. It doesn't make any sense, but it's great for the movie and it is the brains make the pain go away yeah the yeah that was actually mm. it was actually kind of sad like it was like sort of semi-sad <laughs> oh. and stuff yeah, yeah. poor zombies they're misunderstood so cool. do, do you just, guys ever think about how a, you as a doctor would fare and i mean i i think if there were to be some sort of apocalypse i mean obviously not a zombie one but say there is a complete collapse of the system or uh you know everything falls apart everything falls to shit which you know you know, I, I I don't believe will ever happen. But say that say that were to occur, <laughs> I didn't as, used to. As a doctor, right? Uh, it seems feasible now. But as a doctor, do you feel like that would offer you any sort of protection? 
do feel like you could use that as like a selling point to join some sort of yes that's the only way because it wouldn't be on my own with my own skill set i would have to be somebody's bitch doctor who (laughs) took care of the tribe basically i would be like reek you know in there like like mending wounds and and sewing stitches uh that that's your only selling point i have a skill set that most people don't have therefore please take me with you negan i I will (laughs) i'll be your boy right this obviously does not apply to most doctors i haven't thrown a stitch since fourth year of med school i don't know what i'm doing they don't yeah, know that. you're gonna be we're, screwed all the dials not, machines no, will be off man we're not gonna <laughs> tell them that we do colonoscopies and dialysis <laughs> we're gonna or me like, what, what am i gonna say like oh you need a psychiatrist like wait wait wait, wait they don't how, need to know that just you're a doctor that's all doctor. rough rough estimate rough estimate going back to the preppers uh contingent how many preppers just percentage wise do you think are on insulin right now <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah you talking about you, you're referring to back to that uh what is it one minute after book did you read that there was uh yeah. uh um no it was i uh, on the beach or alas babylon alas babylon they had the the mother uh it was nuclear war nuclear catastrophe and the mother of one of the characters was a diabetic who didn't have her insulin and of course it expired in, in a couple of days but yeah. uh yeah, I, I, I really, I really think a lot of the, the prepper mindset, they are in a way their own twisted version of rose tinted glasses and how they mm-hmm. view mm-hmm. the apocalypse, because mm-hmm. clearly they are not thinking of all contingencies. The supply chain is dead. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. You yeah. are not, you, you get a urinary tract infection. You're done, buddy. Done. You done. get appendicitis. You're gone. Most <laughs> of what we do as physicians is part of a system that supports physicians doing those things. Like it's like most of the things I prescribe, I've never actually seen the pill. If you took me to a pharmacy <laughs> and you laid out 25 <laughs> antidepressants, I could pick out like two of them. Um, so, so a lot of what we do is so reliant on a system that supports it, that I often think about like, what would I do? write an order hey could you please take, you know, like, do you uh, take verbal actual skill set yeah yeah right. your, your app that looks up like what a pill is and tells you what it is that's not going to be working at that point presumably yeah, yeah I, I mean in the end i think er docs and trauma surgeons have the uh the inside track but but you're only good for quick and dirty field procedures at that point once the medicines run out and once everything comes out it, uh, my, you know everybody always goes oh it's so good to have you here and i'm like man i can't do shit but call 911 and, and do good cpr you know <laughs> yeah, without my without my stuff yeah, I, I need a knife really i need some meds and and all that so i i know that if i see something bleeding i'm supposed to put my hand on push it on it and yeah. stop the bleeding that yeah. that much i can do yeah a lot of medical school for that I, yeah and if you don't Insides, it will stop on its own eventually inside so. should stay on the inside i remember yeah. that part yeah. <laughs> how long would it take until the medical system totally collapsed would doctors stick it out would doctors be like trying to nobly stay in the hospital like no. while how no. fast do they turn yeah how fast it, are people it, turning? It, it depends on the zombie types are they are they 28 day laters where they turn in a couple of seconds are they fast zombies are they slow shuffling zombies do they take a couple of days to to turn that that's going to change the answer yeah. for all of those either scenarios. way either way it is it is extraordinarily rapid it is shockingly <laughs> rapid it is probably the first couple of days you know i i mean off the topic but not really like i'm in the national guard um and i am in a chemical biological nuclear disaster unit so my job is to show up if some horrible, horrible shit goes down, but we know up front and we plan for the fact that a lot of people 
won't show up because you're going to be coming to, you know, nobody's going to go to where, like if a, if a suitcase nuke goes off in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, man, I'll tell you, I love, I've been in the military for 20 years, but I might grab my family and leave Louisville area, uh, you know, uh, because I don't know if I want to run towards the mushroom cloud, you know? So, uh, I I think, I think really it, it is going to be scary how fast it's every man for themselves. Do you think there's that type though, that, that would stick it out? You know, you'd, you'd have, you'd have the hardcore hospital people that would be kind of there till the bitter end. But of course, just like any other system, it requires a supply chain. It requires stuff coming in and out and right. that's what gets disrupted. So, you know, you'd probably maybe last a couple of days longer in a hospital and if infection control had their way, you'd be good for a long time because <laughs> nothing gets in or out, but, um, but it would, uh, you know, it would eventually break down. There's, there's a great line in uh, Planet Terror, the Robert Rodriguez uh, zombie movie. They're in the hospital. And I think it was Josh Brolin's characters asking the other doctors, like, what, what should we do? And he's, the, the line is, self-preservation comes to mind. And they, they, they hightail it out of here, right, as the zombies are taking over. But, you know, you're, I'm sure you're right. But I will say this. When COVID was first happening, it was terrifying for everyone. We didn't even understand if masks would be helpful. We didn't really have any sense of how it, this was going to go. Everyone still went. I mean, not no one called in sick. I mean, I know that's different than a zombie apocalypse, obviously, but to some degree, there's some truth to it still that like we were all like, all right, this fucking sucks, but let's go and see what <laughs> happens. And I remember walking into the hospital feeling like it was like a horror film being like, there is a monster in this hospital lurking around. Maybe it's in that corner. Maybe if I turn, maybe I'm going to be, is it here somewhere in this place? I remember being freaked out by it and, and we still went, everyone went. I mean, Steven was going to the ER every day, you know, yeah, you I was, get- uh, I was kind of a fucking mess for a couple of months. Like before we even saw it, because I was watching New York and like Seattle burn yeah, and I knew it was coming my way and nobody was listening to me. I was like the, like the canary in the coal mine going, Hey, I've got friends on the coast and they're fucked up right now. And the people are like, yeah, it's just a flu. And, and, uh, and I, I, I just, I got it in my head that that was what was going to kill me. Like, yeah. you know, I, sm- I, I smoked for 25 years. I wasn't always going to be a doctor. And I was like, shit, I'm a little fat. I've got heart disease in my family. I'm like, I'm fucked. And, and I was convinced that I was dead like the, the, one of my patients was going to infect me because these motherfuckers won't wear masks and they won't, you know, and none of, none of my staff are taking it seriously. Uh, it took a hot minute to get over it. It was hard to drag myself into work for a while. Yeah. But, but you did. I, mean, I did. A- I did. Cause I got bills. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you fucking went, you, you did it. And like you, I, I know you. And I also know that like, even though uh, you, the, you had questions and you probably had doubts about it, like a lot of other colleagues of yours, um, you just still went in. I mean, I'm not saying that we would go in if there was a zombie apocalypse and be right. like, I don't they're know, runners. Man, I like I if, they're, if they're runners, no. If but they're runners, right. I'm gone. Yeah. If, if they're slow, then we're considering it because <laughs> yeah. you presume that there's good security at the hospital and they're trying. Yeah. To get if you my in. town, if my town marshals up, I've got, I've only got 15 people that live in our city limits, but they're probably 300,000 guns. So, uh, <laughs> So I am, I am, if my townspeople will circle the hospital, I'll come in because I'll be the safest place in the, in the County. So. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Along those lines, if you could have one person with you in the apocalypse, one person by your side, one fictional character by your side in the apocalypse, 
sort of realistic person it can't be like a jedi knight or something it like a person in fiction who would it be that you guys would have with you john wick john wick john wick he's pretty good at killing things it's true he's very good he's good things. and he's fast and he's efficient he knows how to shoot uh it's john wick and if i can't get john wick i'll take keanu reeves <laughs> i'll take keanu reeves in a minute because that's fun Even if we same die, same same thing man i, I think that guy is that I think, I think Keanu Reeves it, may be John Wick in real life. I think you have to be careful with that, though, because you're assuming they will protect you. Mm. Like, oh, well, yes. Well, I mean, they're coming with. They're coming are, with. Are, you, are you using them because they're an asset or are you their liability? Maybe they oh, throw me absolute in front liability. of them. Absolute liability. They use absolute me as the human shield as they run through the crowd of <laughs> yeah, zombies. Yeah. No, no. That's where the doctor thing comes in. You'd be like. Even if you're not, you just lie and say, oh, I've stitched up a million uh, gunshots and, and I'll stab fix wounds. You, boo. I'll, I'll fix, fix you, boo. Up. I got morphine. I know where the morphine is. I know what it looks <laughs> like. I know how to make sure you get it. You know, that's how you survive as a doctor in that world. Yeah, John Wick's a good guess. I think maybe that or like Rambo. Who else Who else is there? Like who else I would go. He, he's a survivalist, uh, I too. I would go uh, uh, Aliens Ripley. Like not yeah, Alien Ripley's Ripley is a little too... Yeah. A little, you know, she's still reacting and very scared, but Aliens Ripley is is just badass to the core. I, I, I can't sure. think of anyone off the top of my head, but probably just somebody I could outrun. <laughs> <laughs> that buys you an extra few minutes. I'm gonna John Goodman's gonna be my guy from Roseanne, <laughs> just because <laughs> he'll be bait. <laughs> See, actually, I ran into him once in New Orleans. He lost a ton of weight, and he looked yeah, he had a bypass or something, right? I mean, yeah, he, yeah, like a yeah. He looked like he looked actually he was a super nice guy, too. Anyways. All right. OK, that's pretty good. Um, I think that that probably sums up our our first Halloween episode. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll try and make this uh, maybe if the show's still around in a year, we'll do it again and we'll cover like fucking vampires and werewolves. And, and that Oh, sort of yeah, I like uh, that stuff. I, I got a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, no sparkly vampires. No sparkly vampires. No, I mean, um, we can talk about the actual medical background of vampires. And, and, there you and go. Where All right. And where there is controversy there. Yeah. There yeah. That'd be, that'd be good. All right. Um, before we do, let's get everyone's plugs. Uh, let's start uh, with you, Cody. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, plug whatever you want to plug. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Kalimo virus. Uh, Screaming pectoriloquy is the uh, is the handle there. Uh, I will not spell that for you. Google will probably give you a good shot. I don't think I can spell it off the top of my head. So you, good luck. I absolutely endorse your Twitter feed. All your Twitter feeds are great. Uh, and it's worth the effort of trying to spell out colimovirus. Absolutely worth a follow. Really funny stuff. Okay. Uh, Dr. Sample, yourself? Yeah, man, uh, I don't have anything to plug. If you want to send me money, I will create a GoFundMe. <laughs> and uh, if I can get, if I can collect like a million five over the next six to eight months, I'm going to retire. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on my Twitter. You can catch me at Superman Sings, uh, all one word at Twitter. Um, it shows up as Jafford MG. That's just a fucking ER doc. Um, and uh, it's hard it's to most... get people to donate to a doctor. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> I know, but I will take your money uh, because I'm tired. I'm tired. Of, yeah. I'm tired and I'm ready to go. But, I, yeah, but I've still got a lot year. of bills and I've got daughters and I've still got weddings and shit to pay for. Um, but uh, my feed is mostly um, COVID um, and my dogs. So uh, if that interests you, get some. I'll see you there. It's and, a shit uh, show. 
and also follow him on the eleventh uh, hour with Brian Williams. He's there. A yeah, lot. occasionally. <laughs> yeah, eleventh uh, hour with Brian Williams. Occasionally, I usually link to uh, before I go on. I link to that. Um, it's uh, thankfully uh, you. you I, I get more exposure. The the more virulent COVID gets, the more you see my dumbass face <laughs> on the TV. And as it starts to trail off, I start getting. I have a spot that gets bumped, and they you know they talk <laughs> about uh, the, something in the political news. So it is what it is. Uh, and Tyler, when you're not watching the Lakers get beat by the Warriors on primetime hey, television, hey, hey, hey. what is it that you like to do and where can people find you? So I'm uh, like everyone, I'm on Twitter, Tyler Black 32 for the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, and, um, uh, you know, in, in latest, I would, I would just really like a lot of our listeners are medical. A lot of listeners are concerned with medical issues. If there's one thing I plug, this is going to sound very psychiatristy of me. Give yourself a bit of a break. Remember that you can't go full tilt all the time. You know, take take the time that you need. Of course, we've got bills to pay, but you know, medical people do have the privilege of having a job that will return to them. Uh, they don't really run out of work. Um, and if you if you don't create a space for yourself or a pace for yourself, you'll you'll burn out. And I, I have to say, I see a lot of colleagues that um, are really stressed right now, and I, I'm really just hoping people just take a bit of a beat for themselves because taking care of these people during these times is really hard. Yeah, right on. Well, so so much. I, I want to redo my plug because that just made me feel like a, a, a screaming <laughs> asshole. asshole. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> I'm the take super a ego. Like, treat the yourself. This works. Treat this yourself. Works. Because <laughs> I was like, shit, man. I'm like serving money. And Tyler's like, Tyler's like, yes, he, he is. He, take I'm care of yourself. All right. Uh, thank you to Nadim for help with production. If you don't already follow us at Twitter at the House of Pod, uh, and if you haven't, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps get new listeners to the show. Um, thank you all. Stay tuned. It was a blast having you guys on. Uh, stay tuned. We got a lot more great episodes coming up. And uh, bye bye. Bye bye. Later. I knew you were a guy. I mean, I've never met a woman as John Carpenter as you are. (laughs) Yeah, never happened. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.